How's it going, everybody? This is Derek J407 here to talk to you guys about the first ever premiere episode of AEW All Elite Wrestling Dynamite live from the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C., live on network television on TNT for the first time since March of 2001. Pro wrestling took place on a Turner Broadcast Network, <laughs> and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to see a new wrestling organization. I mean, they're not that new. We've had how many pay-per-views <laughs> has AEW put on this year so far? But in terms of them, finally, after all these months of the buildup, of the hype, of the anticipation of this company and this show premiering on TNT, the speculation of what network they were going to be on, what the show was going to be called, how long it was going to be, what day, what time, all that. The time for talk was officially over. It was put up or shut up time. This was the spotlight all for AEW sharing with NXT of course but the spotlight was on AEW and speaking of NXT before this we had two weeks of NXT airing live on USA first on Wednesday nights and they set the bar pretty high that first debut episode of NXT was really great and then last week was another really good show so AEW had a lot to uh, live up to in uh, their debut tonight and I think they knocked it out of the park it wasn't beautiful, it wasn't glamorous, it wasn't perfect by any means, but overall, this was a very strong show and a really good first impression of what this company is all about and what kind of show they're most likely going to be putting on every week. So, I was really impressed and I just had so much fun <laughs> watching not only this show, but just going back and forth between this and NXT. Of course, I have the Technolot the the technical advancement uh these days that I didn't have when I was a little kid watching Raw Nitro. You know, now I have the ability to watch one on my laptop and one on TV. Of course that means one gets my actual ratings over the other, but it's still fun to watch them both. It's still fun that these two great shows are going on at the same time. So my main focus was on AEW. I'll have some brief NXT thoughts at the end at the end of this review, but this is all about Dynamite here. AEW Dynamite, their first episode on TNT, top to bottom, start to finish, what I thought. And like I said, overall, a strong show. Not the best, but it's there's only room for improvement from here. So, you know, technical stuff aside. The, the camera work, the lighting, the stage setup, all that stuff was really good. Uh, on commentary, we had JR, Jim Ross, Excalibur, and Tony Schiavone, who recently joined the company not too long ago. So hearing Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross call a wrestling show together is awesome. Hearing Tony Schiavone calling any pro wrestling on TNT or TBS or whatever for the first time in almost 20 years was great so uh, it was really cool to hear him and i thought all three of them shined so that was really good to hear their voices 
But um, let's start with the first uh, match. So right out the gate, we had Cody and Sammy Guevara. I figured that the opening match would be this one, and they did not disappoint. And uh, in my opinion, the point of this match was to make Sammy Guevara look good. And I think Cody accomplished that. And more importantly, I think Sammy accomplished that for himself. He was very impressive in this match. Of course, the crowd hated him. <laughs> they booed him. They, I think they chanted Sammy sucks. But this was a very pro Rhodes crowd. They loved Cody and Brandy Rhodes. Uh, this crowd did. Like Cody is obviously getting the same type of reaction that you would expect Triple H to get in front of the Full Sail crowd. So he is the godfather <laughs> and the proud papa of AEW, just like Triple H is for NXT. So, you know, these fans worship Cody Rhodes. So any almost anyone out there with him is basically destined to get that kind of reaction. And Sammy Guevara, when you call yourself the best ever, you're pretty much setting yourself up for that. And while I would never call Sammy Guevara the best ever, I mean, hey, you never know what the future can hold. But for right now, no. I would never call him that, but he was extremely impressive in this match. He also didn't, you know, win over the fans too much when he pulled out some shady shit. Like, uh, he was on the outside, and uh, Cody went for a dive through the ropes. He hit the dive, but in doing so, Sammy, he uh, pulled Brandy, who was out there ringside with her husband. He pulled her in the way to get the brunt of the dive from Cody, so crowd didn't like that too much but she eventually got her uh, revenge a little bit later she uh i think with her shoe hit uh sammy in the face behind the referee's back so i thought that was really funny um at one point sammy hit a uh, diving spanish fly off the top rope but uh in the end it was a shooting star press attempt from sammy that got blocked with uh, cody's knees and he turned that into a small package roll up and got the win so cody gets a big win on this debut episode the the first official match of AEW on TNT after the match Tony Schiavone came in the ring ready to interview Cody he uh before he even got a chance to say anything Cody you know looked at him you know realized it was him gave him a big hug he even had tears in his eyes so that was probably a really emotional moment for him but before Tony could really continue with the interview Sammy interrupted it he uh, shook hands with uh, Cody as a sign of respect, but uh, he that respect didn't really go past that because while they were still face to face, Cody has back turned to the uh, entrance way, and that's when Chris Jericho made his way, attacked Cody from behind, laid him out. They went to commercial at this point, but it was a picture in picture commercial, so you could still see what was going on. Uh, on the show and Jericho was just beating Cody's ass all around ringside beat him with a steel chair hit him in the face with the uh, AEW championship belt and just stood tall over him and eventually they came back from commercial and uh, Cody was laid out and Jericho left so uh, the fans booed as they should have you know firmly establishing that you know they like Chris Jericho but in this role he is the person that you want to hate and uh, that's good for people who are not fans of this and know nothing about these guys to establish that for them. So uh, all good stuff here at the beginning of the show. A really great way to open the show. Great match. Great outing from uh, Sammy Guevara. Probably the best match of his entire life. The performance of his life so far. And uh, all the post-match stuff with uh, Jericho beating down Cody. I, I liked it. 
a little bit more than the post down the post beatdown stuff we had at the end of the show, but we'll get to that. Up next, we had Brandon Cutler taking on Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF, a breakout star just sooner rather than later, not if but when kind of guy. This guy just oozes the type of charisma and is a heat magnet in front of this crowd. It's just a matter of time before this guy takes on the role as the cocky, arrogant, shithead world champion um, that he's destined to be. He got the uh, win in this match. Cutler, now I don't know if he was legitimately injured. I don't know if it was a botch, but he was up top going for some move, but he uh, kind of stumbled off and he was selling a knee injury. Uh, he, he could have been selling a knee injury to cover for the fact that he was stumbling on the top. I have no idea. But uh, MJF managed to get the win, the tap out win, with a uh, arm bar that he calls the salt of the earth. So a big win for MJF here. And like I said, huge star waiting to happen. We saw Chris Van Vliet at ringside with uh, some celebrities in the house. It was Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes, otherwise known as Jay and Silent Bob. Of course, they have a new Jay and Silent Bob movie coming out pretty soon, which has Chris Jericho in it. So they were kind of doing some cross promotion there. But their interview got cut short by Angelico and Jack Evans, who came out to insult them. And uh, Jason Mewes even spat out a good line, you know, saying that you guys came to win a match and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and eventually, Private Party, they came out. You know, they were the guys who Evans and Angelico turned heel on it all out. So they were in the crowd uh, alongside Jay and Silent Bob. Let's call them what they are. And uh, Evans and Angelico left. And so did Private Party. But we'll see them next week in the beginning of the tag team tournament to determine the first ever AEW tag team champions. They go up against the Young Bucks. So I'm very excited to see that match. Speaking of the tag teams, we saw a uh, little skit with the SCU outside the White House with Scorpio Sky doing his best Barack Obama impression. And not for nothing, it was pretty good. And then they uh, went back to the arena. Tony Schiavone, again, pulling some interview duties. He was interviewing SCU. Scorpio Sky announced that he would not be participating in the tournament. And he was going to leave it up to Kaz and Daniels to be the ones to represent SCU to go after the tag team titles. They were interrupted, however, by the Lucha Bros, Ray Phoenix, and Pentagon Jr., who had an unbelievable suit. (laughs) This was very uh, a marvel to behold you have to seek it out you know they did their Cerro Miedo chant and then SCU chanted SCU then a huge brawl broke out Um, some officials and you know backstage guys and all that kind of stuff I think Dean Malenko was among the people who were breaking up the brawl so it was cool to see him but uh, yeah just adding some heat to this match I I think as these two teams are going to face each other I don't know if it's next week, but pretty soon. Uh, But they're all in the tournament. So actually, you know what? It's not because SCU, they're going to face the best friends and the Lucha Bros are going to go up against the uh, the Jurassic Express. Sorry, a little bit of a tongue twister there. That's uh, Jungle Boy and the Luchasaurus, who I'm going to say it right now. They are my pick to win the tag team titles. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I can't wait to see Luchasaurus perform on TNT in front of uh, 
a big audience like the one I'm sure was watching this show. Up next, we got a match that we were supposed to get at uh, Double or Nothing earlier this year, but, uh, you know, issues arose that prevented that match from happening, so we waited a little while, but we finally got it here, and that was Hangman Page versus Pac. Uh, Pac had a very, very long entrance. He, uh, Justin Roberts did the introduction for him, his music was playing. It took him a while to come out, and then at that point, it took him an even longer time just to get to the ring. And then they went to commercial after his entrance was done, and I'm thinking, why not just go to commercial during his entrance? You could have had a full commercial filled with every single thing in the world to promote, and you still would have came back, and Pac would have still been in the middle of his entrance. But despite that, these two put on a really good match. Started off a little bit slow. Uh... A little bit slower than you, it, you'd expect a, a match with Pac to be. But um, it picked up steam pretty well. Hangman Page, big fan of the guy. You know, I, I stand by what I felt at the time was the right call at All Out with him not winning the AEW championship. You know, I still believe, and I think the show proved, that putting that title on Chris Jericho and having him be the guy to go into the TNT episode as the champion was the right move. So, Hangman Page has a little bit of a long way to go before he's really fully ready for there for, and for uh, for that spot. But um, Pac is legit. We know how this guy is on live television. This is our first time seeing Pac perform on live network television in years. And this is where he belongs. On TV, in a prominent role, near or on top of a company. You know, something that he really... Didn't get a whole lot of in that other company, but he uh, he looked great here. He uh, got the win. What led to the win was uh, behind the referee's back, Earl Hebner. He uh, hit a mule kick on Hangman Page, but of course it was a low blow, so that kind of put him down. So Page was down. Pat goes up top, hits him with the black arrow, and immediately turns it into the brutalizer submission. And I don't think Paige tapped out, but he was basically incapacitated, and that was it for him. So just like he got the win over Kenny Omega at All Out, Pat got the big win on this show, too, with that same move. So, great. I know he's a heel, but hopefully this gets him one step closer to potentially competing for the AEW World Championship at some point down the line. In fact... Now, I'm pretty sure they already announced that in a few weeks, there's going to be an AEW championship title defense on a uh, episode of Dynamite on TNT. So maybe that'll be his spot. We don't know. Only time will tell. Up next was another one of the big matches they were pr- promoting heading into this show. That was the match to determine the first ever AEW women's champion, Nyla Rose versus Riho. Britt Baker, who was the first official woman signed to AEW and I'm sure will one day win that championship and be the full-on face of the women's division. She was on commentary um, for this match between Nyla Rose and Rio. It was a basic match, you know, big woman, little woman, you know, David versus Goliath type stuff. It's crazy, though, because Nyla Rose is just so much bigger than Rio. Even JR was pointing it out how... You know, I think 
he was saying like, oh, I, I'm under the impression that Nyla Rose weighs 185 and he he said something like if Nella Rose weighs 185 then I'm three foot four or something like that you know because that's ridiculous and you know Riho who's probably 85 pounds soaking wet I'm not judging these women's weight I'm just saying like there's a severe mismatch there in terms of size so when you see Riho doing her offensive moves like her diving foot stomps it's like all 85 pounds of Riho diving with her full force on this large mastodon woman it's a little unrealistic to be honest with you and for the majority of this match nyla rose was beating the hell out of rio just throwing her all around and all that kind of stuff like a dumbass though she did bring out some chairs not really sure why she did that she had a whole bunch of chairs kind of grouped together on the outside on the floor she was attempting to use them but they ended up getting uh, backfiring on her, I should say. She ended up getting dumped onto the, the chairs. Um, a little bit later on, back in the ring, Riho managed to hit an avalanche suplex on Nyla Rose. It didn't look good, but she hit it. And we got the shocking finish of Riho having Nyla Rose down, probably for the first time in the entire match. She hits her with running double knees and gets the cover and gets the win. So Riho beats Nyla Rose clean and becomes the first ever AEW Women's World Champion. That shocked the hell out of me. I figured this whole thing was set up perfectly for Nyla Rose to win and win the championship, you know, and have this monster run as the champion and let Rio kind of chase for it, you know, and in time she'll eventually get to that point. I did not expect her to win here, so that was a shock. And I saw some divided opinion on this finish some people you know loved it you know big real there's a lot of big real fans out there especially in the arena we've seen at all these aew pay-per-views so far whenever rio is out there she gets probably the biggest reaction in whatever match she's in uh, among the women that she's in the ring with so the, the fans love her i love rio she's just so awesome in the ring uh nyla rose I haven't been overly impressed with her, but she's okay. Although she does botch quite a bit. She she does remind me a little bit of Nia Jax. I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm not the biggest Nia Jax fan in the world, although I don't hate her. Like I know a lot of other people who do. But um, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Nyla Rose. But I felt like, you know, making her look like the monster champion was probably the way they wanted to go. And that's clearly not what they had in mind here since she did not win. But they still want to retain some of that monsterness, so to speak, about her. Because after the match, Rio was still in the ring. She was about to get interviewed by uh, uh, Nakazawa. But before the interview could commence, Nyla Rose got back up, hit Nakazawa from behind, laid him out with a powerbomb, kind of struggled getting him up for that powerbomb. But eventually, she got him all the way up and just planted him right down the ring. She went to further attack Riho. But then Kenny Omega, who we know has teamed up with Riho in intergender matches in the past, probably in Japan and other indie promotions. So she's very, he's, I'm sorry, very close friends with her. And uh, he kind of got in Nyla Rose's face. The two of them kind of shoved each other a little bit. Not sure if that was a tease of anything, but um, it definitely happened. Uh, the fans were kind of really into Kenny. I mean, it was the first time seeing Kenny Omega all night. So, of course, it was a huge pop for him. But I don't know. I don't know. 
It could have just been, you know, just him saving his friend, but I don't know. <laughs> but that led into the main event. See, this show pretty much went by pretty quickly. We got right to the main event, the six-man tag team match, The Elite, which was Kenny Omega, along with Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, taking on AEW champion Chris Jericho, and what were formerly mystery partners was made official the previous night on the uh, AEW preview show on TNT, and that was Santana and Ortiz, the former LAX in Impact Wrestling. And they have no real name right now, although they have the PNP handle on their Twitter name. So I don't know if that's going to be something official or not. But uh, right now, they're just Santana and Ortiz. Doesn't matter what you call them. They're still really damn good. And you didn't see a whole lot of them in this match, although you saw enough to know how good they were. But uh, the big thing about this match wasn't even them. Although before I mention anything, it was really funny hearing Justin Roberts say, you know, this match will go to a time limit of the TV time remaining. (laughs) Meaning this match ends or will go for as long as we're still on the air. So I thought that was really funny. But no, the big surprise of this match was all the heels were down. Uh, The Elite was running wild. Kenny Omega is in the middle of the ring doing his uh, Terminator build-up thing. And while he's down on his knees and rising up slowly, we see from behind John Moxley appear out of nowhere. He's right there just staring a hole into Kenny Omega's soul. Meanwhile, Omega can sense that Moxley's in the ring with him. And we got this really cool image of Omega, you know, slowly realizing what's about to happen. He turns around and there's John Moxley. The two of them brawl. They brawl out of the ring, into the crowd. They're uh, over along this area, kind of a blocked off area that uh, I think it was Excalibur or Shivani, one of them mentioned it was like a VIP area and uh, they're fighting over there. There was a mop that Kenny Omega picked up and hit him with it and did the, the cleaning motion with it. So still the cleaner. But the biggest thing to come out of this was over in this VIP area, there was a glass table. Kenny Omega's down and John Moxie gets him up for the double underhook DDT, the Death Rider, and plants him right through this glass table huge holy shit moment the first official holy shit moment on this tv show and uh that was the last of kenny omega we got in this match he was gone moxley was gone they went to commercial and they came back and back in the ring it was three on two the young bucks tried they did hit a couple more super kicks and they looked like they were on their way to victory they were uh going for a uh melter driver on I can't remember if it was Ortiz or Santana, but they were going for the move. And when Nick Jackson came off the top rope, he got caught with a code breaker in midair that left Matt all by himself. And he got thrown into a Judas effect from Chris Jericho to get the win for the heels. After the match, they're beating down the young bucks some more. Cody comes back out to go after Chris Jericho. Not long after him, Sammy Guevara comes out. And he just hauls off and kicks Cody right in the balls. Gives him a low blow. So all that respect shit from earlier with the handshake was all bullshit. Out comes Dustin Rhodes. He, you know, provides some assistance. He cleans house a little bit. Then out of nowhere, we see Jake Hager come out and attack Dustin Rhodes and assist Chris Jericho, Santana, Ortiz, and Sammy Guevara laying out everyone. Jake Hager, of course, is the former Jack Swagger 
from WWE, former branded mid-carder for life, who has an MMA career. He's tried in other promotions, or at least other shows like Lucha Underground, but it's still Jack Swagger, man. <laughs> you know, the, the big final surprise of this show was Jack Swagger. You can imagine some disappointment there. I, I have never looked at Jack Swagger as anything special before in my life. And I don't know. This first night didn't really change that. Although he was helping Jericho. Jericho he even uh, hit the gut wrench powerbomb on uh, Dustin Rhodes. He put him uh, through or onto the uh, the podium that is for the ring bell. They brought that in the ring and he put planted him through planted him through that and uh the last big thing was Jericho laying out Cody with the Judas effect so if this is the start of some new faction or at the very least Hager will serve as like a bodyguard for Chris Jericho I think that's a good role for him I think that's a perfect role for him he doesn't have to say anything he can just be a heavy and enforcer and just take out all the baby faces who are coming after Chris Jericho just be in the background and you can build a character like that. He can be in the diesel role or something like that. You know, I'm, I, I'm perfectly fine with that. But in terms of him, you know, being a singles guy on his own, going, you know, after people, it's going to be hard to take him seriously in that role. But uh, if he's here to be a bodyguard, I can perfectly get behind that. So, but yeah, that was the first episode of AEW Dynamite on TNT. Uh, and despite, you know, them having Jack Swagger be the big surprise at the end and a couple of things in the middle there, I thought overall it was a really good show. Uh, like I said, a very strong first impression for this new show, and I'm hooked. Now, I mentioned I was going to give some quick thoughts on NXT because I, I did have it up, so I was looking at it a little bit. I'm not going to go through the entire show, but just some of the main talking points. Adam Cole beat Matt Riddle for the NXT Championship. And what was a really good match. And after the match, Finn Balor made his big return. First time seeing him since SummerSlam when he got squashed by The Fiend. And apparently The Fiend squashed him good enough to send him all the way back to NXT. Because Finn Balor announced that he is back in NXT. And I would imagine he will be a future contender for Adam Cole's championship. We uh, got some matches announced for next week. Uh, Walter versus Kushida. Matt feud has been going on for a while now. And uh, Leo Rush and Drew Gulak for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. I didn't really hear it, but from what I'm seeing on Twitter, guys were pretty much confirming that they announced it as it's the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, which goes to that rumor that 205 Live will kind of get blended into NXT, so that's cool. Uh, Shayna Baszler shockingly defeated Candice LeRae. I did not see that coming. Uh, Shayna has a stranglehold on that championship, and at this point, unless Asuka's coming back up to NXT, I don't see anyone right now, aside from Io Shirai, who can beat her for that title, and even Io had two chances to do it, but evil Io, we have not seen go up against Shayna yet, so maybe that could change it, but other than Asuka, I have no idea who else could be in that role. And then the main event was for the tag team titles. This match kind of and NXT itself spilled uh, over past 10 p.m., so I was able to watch majority of this match after AEW went off. Uh, Fish and O'Reilly, they retained over the Street Profits in what was a really good match down the stretch. 
the rest of the Undisputed Era was out there celebrating. Adam Cole was on the stage, and who came up from behind but Tommaso Ciampa, who came out, huge pop, was circling Adam Cole, looking at Goldie, of course, the NXT Championship that he never lost. So, already, you have two guys gunning for Adam Cole. Either we're getting a triple threat or we're getting Balor versus Champa to determine the number one contender for that championship. Who knows? But uh, exciting stuff there on NXT. So it's going to be very interesting to balance out watching both shows, choosing one over the other and all that kind of stuff. Like I said, it was really fun for me. You know, I felt like a little kid again watching uh, all these wrestling shows tonight, you know, going head to head against one another. And it's a lot more fun when the, the two shows are fun and interesting and entertaining as opposed to some of the later years of the Monday Night War where Raw was Raw and WCW Nitro was what it was. <laughs> so, you know, this was a fun night. Hopefully next week will be fun and the week after that and the week after that and this whole Wednesday Night War thing will be a lot of fun uh, going forward. I will not be reviewing the show next week. I might come in somewhere down the line for an occasional review of one or the other or both. You know, it just depends on how I'm feeling that day and depends on how big of a show it is. But uh, like I said, the first night of this Wednesday Night War, in my opinion, was a success. We'll see what the ratings are at the end of the week uh, for these shows. And I'll be back on here to review Friday Night Smackdown, Smackdown's debut on Fox this Friday night, and we'll see how that show goes. So uh, until then, check you guys later.